Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, you guys know about staying up super late for 18 innings. When you did that last October, that one had a poor ending, but then a couple nights later, a World Series title was secured. This game was in Minneapolis in June, as opposed to Dodger Stadium in October, one last inning, but the same sad result. And again, it was a Max who did the damage, in the middle of the night. It was Kepler, not Muncie, the Twins, not the Dodgers, 17 innings, not 18, and the biggest difference, in two nights there will not be a World Series title secured. But at least we got a podcast for you. <laughs> we call it Sox Daily, and here it is. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. The 616th game between the Red Sox and Twins, not including a million they've played against each other in spring training. This was the first one ever to go as many as 17 innings. As a famous Minneapolis native once sang, let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. Then uh, something about the elevator trying to, to take you down or break you down or something. But anyway, uh, a five-hour, 45-minute game. You could have driven from Brockton to Bangor in five hours, 45 minutes, and stopped for gas and a donut and a one-hour nap. But after a lot of bullpen, a lot of runners left on base, and a lot of Minnesotans who got tired and headed home, 17 hits and 17 innings, not enough for Boston. The six-game win streak is over. Okay, let's work through this one together. A little group therapy as the Sox lose ground on the Yankees, who just keep beating Tampa Bay. This thing began as Price against Pineda, two veterans who actually used to stare each other down as members of those two teams we just mentioned, and both were certainly long gone by the finish. We should mention, uh, since the start of 07, Boston is 11-1 in season series against Minnesota. The only slip-up, they went 2-5 in 2015, a year the Twins were actually quite terrible. The Sox headed into this one 10-4 in their last 14 games overall against the Twins, outscored them 80-38. So you're feeling good about a bunch of things. Six-game win streak, the pitching of late has been so good. Sox have the fourth-best American League ERA starting May 1st. It's about 38 and some other great things happening. Fun things happening. Bogart's now seventh all-time in games played at shortstop for the Sox. He just moved ahead of the, the great Rico Petroselli and now sneaking up on Heine. Uh, Heine Wagner, who is sixth. I'm sure we all remember old Heine very well. And which would you rather have? Poll question. Young Heine or old Heine? But anyway, uh, congrats to Xander, who has signed for another four and a half years, which I love. Not as much as Heine, but I, I do love it. Top of the fourth of this one. Devers, RBI single, brings home bets. one nothing Boston. But bottom of the fourth, 
CJ Crone comes through, blasting a single to score Eddie Rosario. This thing is one to one, and Price leaves after five innings and only 73 pitches. Uh, this was after his 49 pitch start against the Rangers last week. So it would have to be the bullpen to the rescue again. Mike Shawarn, the first of many to soldier out there in what was a 1 1 game, no less. So the, the two games of this series at this point, first guys out of the bullpen in high leverage situations Brewer, Brazier, Schworn, and it worked. Twins threatened in the sixth, but uh, Christian Vasquez, a snap threw down to third to pick off fellow catcher Mitch Garver. That helped Schworn out of the inning, having thrown a whopping 27 pitches, but no run scoring. Top of the seventh, more from Devers, blasting off. This one only 364 feet, but it's a home run. It's 12th of the year. And when Devers drives in a run this year, the Red Sox had been 22-5. and five. Bottom of the seventh, Brazier out of the pen for a second straight night. He needed 11 pitches for a clean inning Monday, 12 pitches for his clean inning Tuesday. Brazier coming back strong from the bereavement list. So top of the eighth, still a tight game. Uh, it's a 2-1 game at this point. And JBJ floats a single in a right. He's stranded. Would have been nice to tack something on there because bottom eight, on comes Workman. Five and one, 1. 1.6 ERA. Opponent's batting average of just 0.91. But walks have been an issue. And sure enough, he puts Garver on base on five pitches, the fifth of which was a curveball that didn't actually curve, caught by Vasquez at the height of his own head. So up comes the man with the boomstick, Nelson Cruz. 373 career home runs. Fourth among active players behind Pujols, Cabrera, and Encarnacion, who, of course, is a Yankee now. They've got an EE, a DD, and a CC on that team now. Uh, but anyway, uh, this guy, Cruz, blown away by a, a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, boring in towards his elbows, one out. Up comes Eddie Rosario, 19 homers, 52 runs batted in, heck of the year. Uh, he dunks one in the left center against the shift. Very long run for Bogarts. He tracks it down and denies a base hit so you're thinking okay this is going to work out fine you got two away but now cj crone again another twin on pace for a 30 plus home run season the only twin with an rbi in the first 16 plus innings of this series he walks on five pitches just like the leadoff man had done max kepler up with two on two out remember that name he is the son of german ballet dancers true story and on pace for 39 home runs himself he slams a single and a right on a fastball right down the middle. So there's your 2-2 tie. And oh, those bases on balls. If you don't walk Garver and Kepler, you don't e- even get into that situation. But the, the next batter, the beefy Miguel Sano, he goes down on strike. So on to the ninth inning, tied up. Taylor Rogers on a pitch from Minnesota. He's having a very solid year. J.D. Martinez strikes out. More on him coming up. So it's Devers already with two RBIs in the bank, chewing his gum, puffing out his cheeks, talking to himself, has himself an eight-pitch at bat against a fellow lefty, but then he inexplicably takes a called third strike right down the middle. Xander Bogarts comes up. His batting average now above 300. He flies to right. So bottom of the ninth, chance for the Twins to walk it off. Here's Matt Barnes, 54 strikeouts in 29 innings, trying to force a little overtime. He opens by hitting Jack Cave with a curveball. Ugh. Up comes the minty fresh Jonathan Scope, 5-for-12 lifetime against Barnes, but he struck him out. So now it's Jorge Polanco leading the league in hitting, 332, on-base percentage of close to 400. He goes down on strikes, 97 miles an hour up at his neck. So it's Garver coming around one more time. He's having a great out-of-nowhere season. He and Gary Sanchez will certainly be the AL all-star catchers, you figure. Remember, he was a guy picked off earlier 
chance to win it here, he pops out. Who wants extras? You do, don't you? That, that second time in the last three days. And the Red Sox, 4-0 and on the road in the old bonus rounds this year. Tough thing to do. So you're thinking, okay, you'll, you'll get it to 5-0. and You'll push that win streak to 7. You'll find a way. Brock Holt against Tyler Duffy. First pitch swinging in the 10th. He jerks a double in the right field corner. And, man, he gets a lot of hits late in games, doesn't he? Overall, 16 games since he's come back from the 10-day IL, he's hitting 375. Nothing wrong with Brock Holt right now. Chance for Chavis here. 0 for 3, two strikeouts for the night. Bounces one off the chalk line at third. Sano throws him out, but Holt bolts for third. Makes it easily. Sets up JBJ. And he's been fantastic of late, hitting since May 29th, 300 with nine extra base hits, 10 runs batted in. Now you can add a, an HBP. He's plunked in the heel, so you can make it first and third for Vasquez. A little fly ball to right but not deep enough for Holt to come in. So you go to Mookie, top of the order, 0 for 3 with a walk and a steal. Been a while since there's been a Mookie moment, wouldn't you say? Well, he, he drives one to the wall, but it's caught in right center on the track, and despite the leadoff double, nothing doing. And maybe here's where you miss Stephen Wright or, or another proven arm for that bullpen, right? you you got to roll with Josh Taylor now in the bottom of the 10th, a guy you figured would not see the big leagues this year. He's pitching the 10th inning of a tie game against the best team in the AL, trying to keep the win streak intact, doing so with an ERA of 8.5, which is really more of a shoe size than an ERA. Cruz, Rosario, Crone, that's a heck of a test for the kid. Cruz strikes out on a cutter. Bradley, a terrific running catch in left center. He had a couple great catches in this game. Crone strokes a single to left, got the winning run on. It's Taylor versus Kepler, lefty versus lefty. Josh ties him up, strikes him out, so it's on to inning 11. J.D. Martinez, uh, at this point now under a 300 batting average. Duffy still on the mound, nothing doing. Strikes out again, and Duffy ends up striking out the side, in fact. So two of the best offenses in all of baseball through 19 innings of this series at this point have combined for six runs. Bottom 11, Sox running out of pitching now. Cora stays with Taylor. You got Sano, Cave, and Scope do up. That's a heck of a bottom of the order, by the way. Sano strikes out for a fourth time against a fourth different pitcher. Then Cave next, eight pitch at bat, he strikes out, so you're starting to like this Josh Taylor era. Scope follows, three-time strikeout victim himself in this one. He takes a rip, flies to Jackie in center. We go to the 12th. By the way, through 11 innings, 75 at bats in this game, a combined 25 strikeouts. Boring. Blake Parker takes over, faces Bogarts, who had doubled off him the night before, and Xander almost did it again, but a deep fly ball caught on the track in right center. Now you've got Holt with one out, base it up the middle. Chavis almost sneaks one in the left, but it's gobbled up by Polanco, gets a fielder's choice. Jackie Bradley comes up, his batting average up to 210. Remember, it was at 144 a few weeks ago. Looper to left, base hit. Batting average up to where water boils now, Fahrenheit-wise, 212. Vasquez again with two on. He chases a pitch three inches off the plate, striking out and making Colton Brewer the next contestant out of that Boston bullpen. And Brewer was so good walking that tightrope Monday in the eighth. This time he gets extra innings and Polanco flies out. Garver flies out. Cruz walks. Nervous moment. Eddie Rosario, the batter, guy with 19 home runs, fights a single and a right. So it's two on again for many. C.J. Crone coming up. Been on base four times already. He flies out to Mookie Betts. So, 13th inning on approach. Twins having stranded 13 at this point. 
Mike Morin, their seventh pitcher, begins the inning. And both teams pitching in this series, obviously fantastic. It's Mookie to the plate, and the Mooksters batting average down to 261 at this point. Remember last year, he ended at 354. Got anything, Mook? Like one of those Mookie moments? Yeah, he does. A cannon shot off the left field foul pole, waiting on a changeup, keeps it barely fair. Not quite Fisk off the left field pole on the 12th. Bets off the left field pole on the 13th. And we'll take it. Yeah, plenty good for a, a season waiting for a spark. You're thinking, this has done it. You're going to win this thing in 13. Spoiler alert, they did not win it in the 13th inning. You've already used Brazier, Barnes, Workman. Everyone in the circle of trust, or at least on the edges of it, has pitched. So the just-off-the-injured list, Hector Velazquez, summoned for the save. The seventh different Sox pitcher that'll get a save this year if he can nail it down. So with an ERA of six next to his name, a month away from the team with a bad back. Here he comes to face the best offense in the league. And somewhat predictably and immediately, he allows a long home run to Max Kepler. Tie game, 3-3, bottom 13. Fastball right down the freaking middle. Max power from Max Kepler. And all that great work from the bullpen for the last two and a half hours, undone. You would see some ground ball outs follow, but geez Louise. Now we got to check out a 14th inning. Another guy with the initials M.M. saunters out of the Minnesota pen. Matt McGill replacing Mike Morin. Wondering where Mitch Moreland is when you need him for the editorial response. Or, or Mickey Mantle. Or Mike McFarlane. Just please not Manny Machado. So uh, McGill draws Holt, who gets another late-inning hit. It's ridiculous how he can do that. Chavis a knock. Eight-game hitting streak for him. Thank you very little. Two on, nobody out. Bradley the batter. He's been on base three times already. Bradley bunts. Catcher throws to second, safe the call. Second baseman throws to first, out the call. So it's a weird sacrifice bunt. It's second and third, one out for Vasquez again. The Red Sox, having bunted to get to Vasquez, he flies out way too shallow again. Had that same thing happen several innings back. Me, I would have pinch hit Marco Hernandez, but the way more important things happened in this game than that. Anyway, first base open for Mookie. Benintendi on deck. One more time, Mookie. You did it in the 13th. What you got in the 14th? Uh, nothing, because uh, it's an intentional walk. Benintendi up, bases loaded, two hits for the night. A slow roller to second, end of the inning. Four hours, 40 minutes into this one now. It would still go for another hour five. Velasquez continues. He gets through it. So on to the 15th. Two out, including a J.D. Martinez strikeout to make him 0 for 7. Then a gift given. Bogarts pops one up. Two fielders collide. Ball comes loose. Xander at second base is the go-ahead run for Holt. It was three for his last three, but down he goes on strikes. So, more Velazquez. Rosario, Crone, and Kepler do. Rosario cranks a double off the wall in right. Betts played it perfectly, and a better throw would have nailed him at second base, but off target at target, and the, the winning run at second. Nobody out right at the five-hour mark. Crone, along at bat, pegs one to first base. Chavis, well off the bag, he grabs it. He doubles off Rosario at second. A stunning double play. So base is clear for Kepler, who had already homered off Velasquez two innings prior. He takes strike three right down the middle. It's beginning to look like this game is going to go 29 innings. 16th inning. Zach Littell becomes the 15th relief pitcher of the game. Two quick outs, but then Vasquez actually rolls a single in a left. Nunez pinch runs. Another chance for Mookie. At this point, it is 16 hits and 16 innings for Boston. Got the reigning MVP up there against a guy you've never heard of, but a pop-out to first. 
Fourth inning of work for Velasquez. Two quick outs again, but then the number nine man scope a single fastball spanked in a left at 107 miles an hour. And you guys know what the average batting average is on a ball hit 107 miles an hour plus? 732. So uh, scope on, but Polanco a ground out, meaning it's four innings of one run ball from Velasquez. You'll take it, and it's on to the 17th inning. Benintendi, first pitch. 107 miles an hour. And anyone want to guess what that means? Yeah, base hit. Base hit to right. Up comes the 0 for 7 J.D. Martinez. Four strikeouts already, waving at breaking balls. And maybe with that in mind, Benintendi off and running. A stolen base. And finally, the first error of the whole game. Garver, the worn-out catcher, sails it into center field. So Benintendi on to third. Nobody out. But J.D. strikes out for a fifth time. Becomes the first ever Red Sox to be 0 for 8 with five strikeouts. Not even Sam Horn did that. Never happened in Red Sox history till this one. Devers next, sharp grounder to first, runner can't score. Come on, guys, really? Runner at third, nobody out, and it's a strikeout and a rollout, and now it's up to Bogarts to try and save the rally. He bounces out. So the Sox now one for 13 with runners in scoring position. Bottom of the 17th. We're getting close now. Uh, Dangerously close to Max Muncie time from last October. And this is now the longest game in the history of Target Field, by the way. Velasquez ready to begin a fifth inning of relief, but as he warms up, he hunches over. Is his back acting up? Kind of looks like it. Sox don't want a chance that they go get Brian Johnson, who's supposedly a starter now. Cora committed to giving Marcus Walden a night off, so there you go. It's going to be Johnson into the, into the fray. The 16th relief pitcher of the game. Six, I can't even talk anymore. I just made up words right there. 16th relief pitcher, he meant to say, of the game. Johnson gets an out, but then Luis Arias, just up from AAA this morning, a single to center field. Rosario up next. He tries to bunt against a shift for a hit. Cora thought he was out of the batter's box when he tried that bunt, but he doesn't get that call from Jeremy Rehack, a young umpire who I think is a very good umpire. And all due respect to AC, I looked at that replay a bunch of times, and the way I read that rule, I, I think that barely... Barely. I think Rosario was actually okay. I mean, it was close, but I think he was okay. Eventually, Rosario doubles to the right field corner. Arias held at third as Rosario goes crazy at second base. Like, why didn't you send him? Let's go. But seriously, second and third one out, that's still a great opportunity. Red Sox walk Crone, load him up for Kepler to go lefty versus lefty, which, of course, shrinks the sphincter of Johnson, because if you walk Kepler, game's over. But the walk, the high percentage move, they they do exactly that. I didn't hate the move. Mookie comes in to be the fifth infielder. You figure a double play will be perfect. You've got all these guys in the infield. Somehow, well, it was a hanging curve. That's how. Kepler belts it to right through five fielders, 4-3 Minnesota. Five hours, 45 minutes. There's your ball game. So your podcaster's a little bit exhausted. I can only imagine how Alex Cora must sound. Let's check in with the manager after this marathon. Before we start, by the way, I want to apologize to the umpires. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, emotions took over. I, t- I take over. You know, we, I look at the replay, and Eddie wasn't uh, off the the batter's box, so they didn't outstanding Jeff for for how long he was. So, just one of those that is tough to to swallow. You see it, and, and the emotions take over. But you know, that was out of character. So, yeah, that was my fault. Um, can you talk about that Templeton losing um, Hector and then? Brian Shaw. Yeah, I mean, a, a tough one. Uh, obviously, like you guys saw, we, we stay away from Waldy. Uh, and then, uh, <clears throat> you know, Hector, you saw 
you know, he was stretching the, his back on the previous inning, and then when he went out there, I think he had two more warm-up pitches, and he threw one, and he didn't feel right. So we're going to check on him. You know, BJ was on alert, knowing that you know, there was a chance that he had to pitch, and you know, he came in, and it just didn't happen. Who uh, David, you know, we felt. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> You know, after he 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 was short the, the other day, and today was one of those like you know we felt like I was going to take you know care of him. You know, uh, he pitched he threw well, well, but as you guys know, this is a guy that we really have to take care of. And I know that you know we were not not as limited in the bullpen, but uh, he did an outstanding job. And the guys that came in after him did an outstanding job. It's just we didn't finish it. So that was pretty planned to have him only go that. Many. Uh, kind of, yeah. You know, we talk about it. Um, you know, we're going to take advantage of, you know, the next, probably next 10 days, 12 days with the off days and all of that. Uh, with him, you know, coming out of the IL and the short starts and all that stuff, you know, we have to make sure he's okay. And he's okay, actually, but it's just one of those that, um, you know, we felt that today was one of those that, you know, go short, all out, and uh, move on. Can you talk about the offense next? Kind of frustrating for both sides. <laughs> we uh, we had traffic all over the place, huh? Like uh, leadoff hitters. Uh, I don't know how many innings we had the leadoff hitter on. We had second and third no outs, one out, and we just didn't didn't do the job. You know, I think it was one one for thirteen with minutes on position. We did everything today: hit and runs, bunts, steals, everything, and pushed the envelope. But at the end, we didn't score enough runs. What did you see in JD's at bats? Um, I love chasing the breaking balls. Uh, he, they threw a lot of breaking balls to him, and he wasn't able to, you know, um, not to swing at it. They were going down and away, and uh, it just, you know, one of those weird nights that he wasn't on. How would these two long games in the last three days affect the team tomorrow? Um, we, we'll find out tomorrow, but uh, as you saw, I mean, in the dugout, everybody was in there. Everybody was into it. Too bad that didn't happen, you know, but uh, it was one of those games that, we're, we're accustomed to it, so, um, you know, we'll bump, bounce back tomorrow, finish the road trip in a positive way, and enjoy uh, Thursday. Alex, considering their offense, what you guys have done over two days, Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool to see. Uh, there were some some good pitches there. You know, what JT did today, uh, you know, uh, two innings facing lefties and righties and, and Brew and, and Schwarn, um, you know. And there's always something positive about these games, you know, and um, we can pitch with everybody. We feel that way. Uh, we did an outstanding job. It's just one of those uh, that, you know, we didn't finish the job, but uh, there was uh, a lot of positive in the in the pitching side today. Do you think one way or another you're going to have to get somebody here tomorrow? Uh, we'll talk about it. You know, I don't know how the Hector thing is going to be, so I'll talk to Dave now, and uh, you know, we'll see what we do. Was there a point, like, maybe, you know, maybe when, you know, Mookie <clears> or <throat> they counter with Kepler where it's like, what what is happening here? Um... Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, just one pitch, actually. I, if you see Hector's out in that pitch, he was supposed to be up in the zone, and it was, you know, up in the strike zone, and he put a good swing on it. But, uh, you know, the double plays and all that. There were, I mean, the pick at third, uh, there was a lot of stuff weird in this game. but no. All right, that's the manager. That's all we got for tonight. I had a lot more to tell you guys, but I'm going to save it for the podcast tomorrow. thought you'd just kind of enjoy wading through the thicket of all those extra innings. I mean, David Price pitched, I get it. You'd think if there ever was going to be a five-hour 45 game, it would be one that David Price started. But he was only around for five of those innings. It just, it was just a, a slog, an exhausting, exhausting game. 
And for everybody who stayed up listening on WEEI or wherever you were, good on you. I mean, I did it because I got a podcast to do. But uh, you know what? I had three hours on you guys or most of you guys because I don't rejoin the team till Friday. I got to, to just listen to the game at the condo here in California. So I, I really have nothing to complain about. Red Sox wanted to complain about that bunt call they, they didn't get. But one for 13 with runners in scoring position, I think that's more of what ended the six-game win streak. Eduardo Rodriguez, 7-4, and 4.67 in the Wednesday series finale up against righty Kyle Gibson, who's been very good, 7-3, 3.70. Get some sleep, will ya? Sorry we didn't have a better result for you, but uh, hey, at least it was interesting, wasn't it? I'm Josh. See ya. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 